It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? We have uh, slowly trampled into uh, BGN Radio episode number 15. And before we let loose here, let's try and keep Things a little positive as we introduce ourselves once again. I am John Barchard here, co-hosting along with my beautiful mate over to my right, Mr. Mike K. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful, man. I was having a great week until this happened. And uh, the editor-in-chief of uh, Bleeding Green Nation, Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton. How are you, sir? <sighs> man. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we had a big contest. It started in October. We, we got it going on Twitter, and we have our ticket winner on the line right now. Quentin, what is happening, my friend? How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. How are you? <laughs> good, good. So I, the first thing I got to ask is, who are you taking to the game? I'm taking me uh, my dad. Me and yes. my dad are going to go. Yes. Is, yeah. it, is this your uh, first game? Uh, no, this will be like our third game. The last game we went to was the Chiefs game. Oof! You need see. You needed a makeup game, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, see it when they were bad, and see it when we're really good. Now I know it's early, uh, but how are you feeling about the Bears game? You know, going into it, do you feel a little good? Jay Cutler may or may not be starting by that time. Hopefully, he. You know, who, who knows what's going to happen? How are you feeling about that matchup? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I feel like. The only thing we really have to watch out for is their receivers, Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, man. Um, I yeah. think they're, they're those guys are, yeah, they're really good. And, uh, I mean, I think we have practice with the good receivers we played already with Larry Fitzgerald and Calvin Johnson. So, I mean, it should be a good matchup. I think we'll come out on top, though. So Nice. And what kind of uh, – are you planning out uh, the gear you're wearing already? You know, what, what are you thinking of rocking? Uh, rock? Yeah. I have a a black Ryan Dawkins jersey. Oh, can't go wrong with that. I wear that. Yeah, I wear that. I have a a bunch of uh, Eagles um, winter gear, Eagles hat, uh, uh, scarves, gloves. I have it all, man. <laughs> you're gonna need you're gonna need all that on Sunday night. It's gonna get chilly, bud. Well, uh, yeah. I appreciate the time, bud. You know, any anything you want to say to the Eagles Nation as uh, you launch. Uh, your uh, you and your dad heading to the game. Anything you want to say? Uh, let's get this one, man. Let's get let's let's finish this season strong. Let's get to the playoffs. You know, let's make a, a strong run. You know, I'm I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I love I'm it. really excited. I love it, man. Well, thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Well, aside from that uh, goodness, we hope he enjoys the Bears game, and now it's becoming even more an important one. 
Uh, for seeding purposes, it's really not going to matter too much, especially if Dallas, even if Dallas loses tonight, you're still going to have to beat Dallas at the end of the game, or uh, excuse me, at the end of the season. Uh, the only positive things I will say before I absolutely start cursing up a storm and possibly break this computer that's in front of me right now is Deshaun Jackson. You had a hell of a game today. Uh, 195, and I think somewhere around 9 or 10 catches and and uh, and a touchdown that was uh, great and some great plays at the end of the game, even though it really didn't matter. Zach Ertz with an amazing catch on what looked to be like a hopeful comeback run. Greatest catch I've seen him make since he stepped into the NFL. Uh, looks like he's getting somewhat of his hands in front of him, even though he had a bad drop in the first series of the game. Michael Kendricks, I thought, also had a great game. Really sticking, uh, laying the wood on a backup running back who had two touchdowns today. Oh, no, he had three, didn't he, at the end? Excuse yeah, me. but we try to only remember two of them. Oh, my God. So, uh, that being said, Brandon Lee Gouton, what the fuck happened today? Uh, it was the letdown game that everyone, well, not everyone saw coming, maybe. Some people saw it coming. But that the letdown game that everyone didn't want to happen happened today. I mean, uh, it was just it was just rough out there. Everything except for pretty much Deshaun, which we already highlighted, and then maybe like Ertz and like Benny Logan had a good day. But I mean, aside from these like couple players, just the team just did not function well at all. And and there's a lot of uh, blame to go around. I mean, Chip Kelly did not call his best game. Nick Foles really didn't look sharp in the first half at all, and he missed a lot of easy throws. He took some sacks later in the game and earlier in the game. Uh, that that dumb penalty that called back Deshaun's rushing touchdown on fourth down, that was a huge play in the game. I mean, and, it, and it, but it wasn't just Foles. You know, I, I'm not piling on Foles here. I mean, just look at the defense. 48 points. Come on, That's man. It's, it's been nine straight weeks before this game of the defense allowing 21 points or less. And they were the only team in the NFL in that time to do that. And that was pretty darn impressive. But I mean, man, they just totally just blew up today. Like they just, they couldn't stop them. The secondary looked horrible. There was no pass rush there. There was no safety. There was nothing. And then I want to give some credit to the Vikings here. They have played some teams close. I think, uh, there was this thing that uh, the Vikings bloggers said when we did a question and answer with them this week that if the game was 59 or yeah 59 minutes instead of 60, the Vikings would be eight and five because they lost like a bunch of games in the last. They lost uh, I think five games or something. I don't know. They lost a couple games uh, in the final minutes. So I mean, you have to give some credit to the Vikings, but yeah, this is just not the, the effort you were looking for from the Eagles today. Yeah, and you really can't say it any better. I mean, I'm just as superstitious as the next guy, and I know Mike is too. Uh, I don't know. Is this is this a thing now? I thought we the whole week we were, we were leading up to this talking. So, oh, yeah, you know, Chip Kelly's a week-to-week guy. Every week to him's the Super Bowl. There's no Sports Illustrated Jinx cover. There's no uh, any of that crap. And, you know, it's games like this that make you wonder, well, you know, trap games happen. Letdowns happen. What's going on, Mike? I mean, it was a trap. Like, they, they fell into it. I don't know if they really – I mean, I don't know if they really played their part in the trap and that they didn't really take the Vikings seriously. But maybe it was that they really just game plan for both Gerhardt and – I mean, not that you could really game plan for uh, uh, Matt, whatever his name is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess – I don't know. I, I don't have answers. I really – the secondary was just atrocious. 
Um, I don't blame you know the offense stumbled a lot but I think that happens when you're on the bench for so long I mean it was like the Vikings were having season high drives every single possession and it was it was just debilitating to the offense because they couldn't get into rhythm uh, you know Nick looked bad for a majority of the game I mean I don't think the game is totally on him I think some of the you know the bad plays that he has you know they're all everything he did poorly is coachable so i mean that's the bright side i guess on that one but he really didn't look that great and uh you know despite putting up 428 yards and three touchdowns and i don't know i mean i think this was a game where chip was like you know what let's just be fearless in this one let's take all the shots that we need to let's look at this as you know we have the cushion on the cowboys we know it's probably going to come down to that game anyway let's test some things and you know nick throwing 48 times is not the right call in my opinion and only running shady eight times especially when he was doing well he was averaging almost five yards a carry uh, no, and I think that's one of the most head-scratching things yet, and I'm trying to listen in to uh, Chip Kelly as we're going around this because we're recording j- literally just after the whistle uh, as it ends here. But, I mean, there's uh, there's really no explanation for it. I mean, this was this was a team going into it that Minnesota's run defense was not good, you know? And eight times. I was just talking to Brandon off-air. This is one of those things where, okay, you know, just like last week with snow, you didn't abandon the run when you were down just the same amount of points, and all of a sudden you decide, well, we're in a dome, and I'm not sure how this is going to work out, so let's not run the football anymore. I don't understand that. There's a lot of things I don't understand about this game. Late in the game, down at your own 25-yard line, a third down play where it looks like Shady actually broke through the tackle barely and goes past the first down line, rather than stop and be like, hey, maybe we should take a replay on that because obviously his knee wasn't down. You decide then, screw it, let's just go forward on fourth and one, which I don't think is a stupid call at that point because you're down double digits. You need to get something going. You think you can get the yard. I absolutely think you can get the yard. It doesn't happen. He throws the challenge flag then in an almost unwinnable situation. I understand why you have to do it right there. But what what is going on with those key situations? Again, like these things keep popping up and popping up. What is going on with not throwing the challenge flag on third down? Yeah, the the flag should absolutely be thrown there. I mean, well, first of all, it was a bad spot. I mean, the officials yeah, do deserve blame for it. Was just a terrible spot. I mean, like they get bad I, I'm spots all that game play. too. Yeah, yeah, it was consistently. I was. I'm looking at this and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's easily a first, or it's a. I mean, from what I saw, I I just didn't understand why it wasn't spotted better. But yeah, then the decision not to go for it. Or not to throw the flag there on third down. I, I just, you know, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. The only thing I see, and I was talking to John about this, is is maybe that Chip just figures, you know, screw the refs here. You know, we're going to put it in our own hands. We're just going to go for it on fourth because we feel like we can get it anyway. And that's what they did. But then they throw the flag on fourth down. And I guess at that point, that just means they're desperate. And then they're just trying to hope somehow the refs overturn it. But, yeah, I mean, it's not a great sign to see things like that happen. And we'll get to Mike here in just a second. Chip Kelly saying, I felt like we weren't moving the ball up front. That's why we weren't using LaShawn as much as you'd like to see. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what that means. What is that? It doesn't make Vikings. any sense. He had two. He got stopped twice. So that's two. Two of the six things. Two, two of the six runs. And so that means that he had at least six yards of, I mean, six carries of thirty-six yards. That's six yards of carry. What are you talking about? 
Yeah, I, unless unless he may, I mean, most of those good runs that he had was kind of that fake flip out to the outside, just outside of the tackle in between the tight end. So maybe he means the inside. I, I, I don't know, man. And he thought I, Nick Foles was running the ball, uh, throwing the ball efficiently. What does that even mean, Sean? I, I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like it, the, the other, and again, I don't want to pile on Nick Foles because this loss is everybody, the coaches. Both sides of the ball, mostly I blame our secondary, which has got completely torn apart today. But I, I if if you saw Nick Foles hesitate a lot in this game, so after that interception and you and it was in a big moment, you just saw him hesitate and hold on to the ball for three seconds or more, take sacks. When a guy's not making the right decisions, give the ball to Shady. I'm I'm just I'm frustrated. I'm looking for answers, and I don't think we're gonna find any. I mean, the the other thing that baffles my mind is the continuous short field game. Eventually, I would just think, okay, it's not Devin Hester back there. Adjust, adjust. The the adjustments never came anywhere today. Speaking of adjustments, one thing I want to talk about is the uh, the kickoffs. You know, because they were they were kicking off short because of the whole Cord- Cordero. Uh, how do you say his name again? Cordero. I don't even know. Cordero Patterson. Uh, you know his 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 return ability. They were some of those kicks were just not they're they're not good because you're you're squibbing it and then you're giving the Vikings short field position when you're already down. So it really only takes like a big play to put them in field goal range already. And we saw that happen a couple of times. And that was really hard for you know a team that is that is trying to come back. Yeah, I mean you're just giving the Vikings more points. I mean that was a that was a frustrating thing. The special about, teams. What? What about Brad Smith only starting to kick the ball, return kickoffs in the third quarter, and then he has a 44-yard run back? Are you kidding? Yeah, they got to put him on there permanent. I mean, I I like Boykin, but you got to put – and Boykin left the game hurt. That's not the only reason they put him back there. Yeah, and he left the game hurt on a kick return. Yeah. And he's the best slot corner in the NFC East and probably in the NFC right now, and you you just got him injured. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm just – I'm at a loss for words, man. This is – the, uh, let's get to the secondary because this is the this is the other thing Chip's saying as he's uh, walking off the podium here is Matt Castle was on fire and uh, I guess without naming names he basically said we still are looking for guys who can play back there. Yeah, I guess so. You know, and if you're doing that, fourteen games in, it's uh, it's probably going to be a, a struggle from the rest of the year on. So, what if any solutions do we have left other than Earl Wolf's? health to come back uh, and fix the secondary a little bit here well one thing would be to get pressure i mean that's just something they yeah, didn't do today God. i mean on. the secondary isn't gonna magically be better although earl wolf coming back might help uh yeah just there was no pressure i mean castle had all day they never really rattled him benny logan hit him a couple times which is good um i can't remember if they sacked him uh, they said they said he they, we got three sacks on him. Uh, See, Connor I can't even Barwin remember. One, I can't even Kendrick remember him though because like it just felt like they weren't getting consistent pressure in a way that was really affecting Castle at all. And not until the second half, anyway. But honestly, no. honestly, outside the Cardinals game, they haven't the entire season. They really have not been very good at getting finishing the job, and that's been my one major criticism of the defense over that eight game stretch. They don't close. And I don't know if that's because, you know, Trent Colt is someone playing out of position and they, for a while, they were very stubborn about letting him put his hand down. Once he put his hand down, he was doing really well. 
or the fact that Connor Barwood isn't a natural pass rusher, or the fact that they, you know, Fletcher Cox is getting triple teamed at times. I mean, yeah, I mean, we force more intentional groundings than we, than we have sacks. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's nice and everything, but you want to see a guy finish. You want to see a quarterback feel like he's flustered. Uh, the secondary was helped out, you know, when, when we did get to the quarterback and, you know, we had a couple of drives where the defense played well in this game, but, you know, Pat Chung was was benched for Kirk Coleman. Kirk Coleman got injured. I thought Kirk Coleman was okay uh, in yeah. relief. He still wasn't very good. He Colt was better Anderson, than... however, not. Yeah, I mean, Colt Anderson basically gave up. Uh, he gave up two plays, I believe, like two huge plays. And Kerry uh, Williams, I just he had a really good tackle in the first drive, and I was like, yeah, there <sighs> you go, Kerry. And then <laughs> after that. You could do so much better at corner. You could do so you much better at corner. So much better. Williams has money out. too. Yeah, I and he's well. Kerry Williams is not a terrible player. Here's the thing: he's such an up and down player. He's either like he either has like a, a good game, he puts together a nice game for himself, like he did. Uh, I don't know if it was against Cardinals or last week, one of these or both. I don't remember which one it was. But then it's really just up or down, or it's just horrible. And I mean, that's really an area where the Eagles have to consider upgrading. And even Bradley Fletcher today, who's you don't expect him to be a playmaker over there, but he he really has been like solid or decent. And today he was just you know just couldn't well, yeah, but do anything. Play, let's clarify two plays though. Uh-huh. I know Jarius where you're going. Wright, the Jarius Wright uh, near touchdown catch that uh, Fletcher was Fletcher had perfect positioning on him. That was just an unreal catch. Yeah, no, that's and fair. And then and then the pass interference in the end zone. Awful. That was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in the red zone ever that was that was like um ohio state horrible yeah and that's why i tweeted that out i don't know how a back judge from 15 yards away makes that call yeah, i don't it's, it's dumb i mean let the ref let the right ref make the right call and obviously we're not saying the refs you know made us the lose a game or anything it's just those things are kind of end up being backbreakers we've had situations in the past three four hell every freaking game we've played in have a bunch of calls go our way so i'm well, not gonna throw them under call, the taunting call yeah that was for, for, the, for the vikings was bad i mean it, it, look, both, yeah. both taunting calls were awful yeah i mean I didn't even they were see terrible the second one. Uh, the, because it didn't happen exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> um you know, 15, and, 15 yards for yelling. Are you kidding and, you know, me? To be honest with you, if you took Kerry Williams and Pat Chung out of the lineup and you put Dominic Rogers, Cromartie, and, and Kirk Coleman, I guarantee you we would be a better defense. I, I, I hate to oh, say it, but that's... Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least Dominic Rogers, Cromartie has talent. I feel like Kerry Williams is the type of guy who can get it done, but he's not doing it based on his talent. The guy's not a talented player. Uh, and just to go back on what Brandon said, you know, he, he really is... What is the level of competition, and that is what I will play to it. You know, they're they're. You saw it last year in the playoffs. You saw it last year on their Super Bowl run in Baltimore. He played at his highest level when the competition was was there. You know, I mean that that's one of those things where that trap came mentality. I think is deeply, deeply in uh, Mr. Kerry Williams' head, man. I mean, this is. Well, I mean, he got really lucky against Calvin Johnson last week. Had it not yeah. been snowy, I mean, there uh, we saw it early too. He gave up a 33-yard catch that he was horribly beat on. So, um, I just think it's time to really. I mean, I, I'm actually really happy that Chip Kelly said that because outside of Nate Allen, 
And and I don't think Nate Allen played a poor game today. That's the thing. He missed one tackle that I saw, but I don't think he was out of position. Um, he even came to help Pat Chung on the on the first touchdown catch by Jennings. So I'm sure somebody's going to blame him for that one, even though they probably have not watched the tape or even the replay. But you know, Chung gave away the first touchdown. Um, I don't know. I think I think Wolf coming back will help, but I don't think that that's the be all end all. And I think this this team is going to suffer some losses because of the secondary. Yeah, and and <laughs> I mean, if that if that wasn't more evident today, you know, there's. Brandon, what is it? What uh, do you burn the tape at this point and just say, "Hey, you know, we took the loss. It's better to take it now than it is against Chicago or Dallas." So now there's no shot that either one of the games going forward matters in any regard. We're hoping now that Dallas loses to Green Bay. Uh, you know, the, sh- the Chicago game is still important for seating, obviously, and to, to hang in this thing. Now we figured we'd have a little bit of a cushion. Chicago's a much tougher team offensively, anyway. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you have to take this loss in perspective. I mean, it's really not the end of the Eagles season at all, and I think some people are reacting that way, and that's only natural because the Eagles played terrible and everyone's down, and it was just not a fun game to watch at all. But really, they're, they're still alive. They still control their own destiny. Uh, these, these next two games are going to be huge, obviously. They have, to, they have to do the exact opposite of what they did today, and that's come out strong and show up and start off strong and, and play good football. Uh, you have to feel like you, I don't, you don't burn the tape because, you know, there's, I think today is actually a great day to take uh, the flaws that have been apparent in some of these past games, even though the Eagles have been winning. There's still been things that, you know, they can improve upon. I think you saw the combination of them all at once today, and I think that's something that you, you just really take this week and you watch the film and you go over this and you kind of just – you know, you, you take what you can from it, and then you do move on to this this game because it is a big game against the uh, the Bears, and it is a big game in the finale, probably against the Cowboys. I mean, this team is not out of it yet. They have to find a way to rebound. I think it's possible given the way they did play in the the past five weeks here. I mean, they did show some very encouraging signs. So it's it's not it's not really crazy to think maybe they could get some of that back, especially if they, they fix some of these things. And some of these things are fixable. Like Nick Foles, you know, looking a little more crisp on some of his throws. Like you can fix that. Like Mike said earlier, uh, it, it really just comes down to, to tightening some things up and finding a way to right the ship. But I think with that said though, this bears game, if the Cowboys beat the Packers, and remember we're recording this right after the game, guys. Um, if the Packers lose to the Cowboys, the Bears game's the season, really, if you look at it. If the Bears yeah. beat the Eagles uh, with that secondary that we still are going to have next week, they're not going to change. In a, I mean, you know, you still have to go up against Alshon. I mean, you got to pray that Jay Cutler turns the ball over like crazy. But... You know, they the Bears could seemingly take uh, Week 17 out of our hands, and that would be a really bad thing. Um, so this game, the Bears game is the biggest game of the season. Uh, I mean, is the way we have to look at it. When Chip Kelly says every day is the Super Bowl, next now week. Now it is. <laughs> yep, now it is. Really? Uh, and just to give you an update, it's uh, there's 11:22 left to go as we're recording this. The Cowboys are up 13 to three. Green Bay's not going to help us, you know, so no, nobody's going to help anybody from here on out. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, Debbie Downer. Grab another couple of glasses. See, this is why you have to wait and do shows 
at least three hours after the game, you know, right? Especially for this kind of change in momentum here. Uh, the cushion lives on, and Green Bay does come through and help us. I mean, mainly, I got to tip my hat to the Dallas defense and Tony Romo showing up like I knew they would. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this is... Uh, it changes everything, you know? I mean, there is still a possibility that the Eagles could clinch the division by Monday morning. If Washington somehow befriends us and Kirk Cousins has another decent game like he did against Atlanta, anything can happen now. I, I feel uh, a lot better about the situation. I'm still pissed at the game. Don't, you know, get that twisted. I'm sure the other guys' uh, feelings have changed since we recorded this, but... Obviously, they couldn't join us right this moment, but you'll be seeing articles and stuff throughout the week, I'm sure, just reassuring us that, yes, this this actually changed a lot of things, and boy, oh boy, does this Bears game on Sunday night mean a lot for both teams. This is Titans colliding at the right time. Everybody's hungry. That division in the NFC North is absolutely crazy right now. Uh, I am happy that this is here i'm still nervous as hell but i am happy for the dallas implosion and uh you know again this is why you have to wait the overreaction from myself I, it was a long weekend you know i had we had a lot of fun i was looking forward to sunday i barely had any sleep i, I, I even asked the guys i was like i just need five minutes but you know mike had to catch a plane i'm not gonna make him wait and brandon has a bunch of stuff to do and you know he runs the whole entire website so i didn't want to hold them up but oh my goodness is there new life in me on this monday morning and i didn't think it was going to happen by another team losing so with that in mind definite awesome playoff implications a lot more nervousness and a lot more drinking i'll let you get back to the rest of the show I mean, I'm hoping Kirk Cousins does next week. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually they did look, look better. Yeah. yeah, they look they, better. Well, so. I, I think Kirk Cousins is going to beat the Cowboys. But, you know, we'll save that for next week. Um, uh, and the things are, I'm going to tell you guys right now, is also to keep as calm as you can. You know, this isn't the end of the world here. This is still a team that is still trying to figure out itself, even though we completely bought into the fanfare and everything of this week and we're beating our chest and saying, you know, hey, this is we can we can definitely clear the table. But when something like this happens, it kind of brings us all back to reality. Um, and I got to say this because I know the guys to the right and the left of me won't say it. Chris Rawling, whoever you are for the Bleacher Report, you are a moron. You are a complete moron. The tweet that he has sent out today, you know, I hinted in writing this about Chip Kelly. Uh, his seat should be warm. Got blasted 48 points to a 3-9-1 team without Adrian Peterson. Hmm, maybe I should write that article now. I tell you what, Chris, when you hit puberty, you can start writing articles again. How does that sound? Because that's the most... Re this is the thing that kills me every time that there is a downfall, not that great of a game. Uh, you know, it, never mind the five-game winning streak. Forget that. Never mind the 4-12 and 12 team that is now 8-6, and six, regardless of what happens for the next two games. It's all you bloodsuckers out there who wait and wait and wait until the right moment to strike is, and then you troll like everybody on the internet does, and you're supposed to be a professional sports writer. Kiss my ass, okay? 
I'm just going to leave that out there for you. And to be fair, I think Brennan and I would have said it. I just forgot who this kid's name is because I've never read any of his stuff. Neither have I. Look, I don't, I don't ever plan on being hired by Bleacher's Report. I, I dislike several of their writers. Several of their writers I do respect greatly. But how can you put out – how can you hire somebody like that who – look, I jumped to conclusion. Brandon jumps to conclusions. John jumps to conclusions. Yeah. But listen, when you go – a guy who took a 4-12 and 12 team to at least 8-8 eight and eight and is in contention for the division and say that, you know, one year after signing a huge contract in a city that knows more about football than you probably do as a writer – um, how are you going to comment on something like that? How, if anything, and you want to say, wow, Chip Kelly should go to Texas. That's fine. Say that, whatever. But Chip Kelly's been brilliant. He's broken several team records. You think Jeffrey Lurie's going to fire him because he lost to Matt Castle? <laughs> You're a fan, bro. You're not a writer. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, th- we are fans too. I, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to say I'm above anything else or whatever. Hell, I got into a fight on Twitter today with some stupid Giants fan. Like, I, I am right there with everybody else. We're all passionate about this stuff, right? But I just want you guys to remember, when you get on sports radio tomorrow morning, not to say that this team sucks now. Because it doesn't suck. They had an awful game. And I'm pissed about it. I didn't want to come on here, to be honest with you. I told Mike and Brandon, I was like, dude... I'm going to need at least an hour to calm down because I don't want to come on here and just curse and scream and all this stuff. But it, it's, it was that kind of game. And you got to, you know, deal with it for Monday, even deal with it Tuesday. Let it go because it, it the, the ride is still available and the door is wide open. All this team needs to do is regroup, which I think they can. I hope they can, man. I mean, is there anyone that's doubting that they can bounce back from this either, from either of you guys? No, because like I said earlier, I mean, they showed positive signs in those in that five-game winning streak. And I don't think you just magically wiped that away because they lost to Minnesota. I mean, they have some things to work on, yeah, but there's something here. There's something here. It's it's not a given, but there's something there that, yes, they do have the chance to write this thing. Look at those 10 minutes of resiliency between the third and fourth quarter. I know we're not done. We're not done by a long shot. I still think Nick Foles is the guy. Uh, who? Let me ask you this. What mediocre quarterback in the league can have a shitty game and still put up 428 yards and three touchdowns and actually put up pretty good rushing yards? Nick Foles, the running back. I'm just saying, there. when you have a good quarterback, you always have a good shot at winning. And just because he had a poor performance today doesn't mean that he's not a good quarterback. Doesn't mean, you know, shady. they, they lack faith in Shady. Jason Avant even got in on the thing. I mean, I, I just, look, I think this team has a lot of weapons. And like John always says, a lot of these players were not who Chip Kelly had in mind when he first took over the team. But they're making them work. I still think I still believe in the front seven. Um, I still believe in Nate Allen. I still believe in Bradley Fletcher. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do with those other two schmucks. But, you know, I think this team is about to hit its stride. And like I told you guys in a previous episode, I think a loss is a good thing. Now, not a loss the way this was. was but you don't think that this team's going to be hungry now? You don't think Nick Foles is going to want to put up major numbers you don't, Deshaun Jackson got heated with with Jason Avant during the game and that wasn't because he hates Jason Avant or dislikes what Jason has to say he wants to win all right. these guys want to win they've bought into the system and they're gonna win 
Yeah, and that's uh, and I actually like that. I say, you know, uh, despite you know, it's not really Deshaun's not going to listen to Jason Avant. He hasn't been having that great of a year, but still, the fact that he went over and said, "Hey, man, uh, I don't know exactly what I said. I'm obviously speculating here. Hey, man, you got to go up for that ball. You got to make sure he doesn't intercept that." And I think that obviously got Deshaun riled up. And I heard it definitely a lot of, oh, "I don't give a." F-. That's right. That's what it was. Yeah. No, was, that's not what that's not what he said. What he yeah, said? it is. Yeah, it's exactly he what he no, said. No, it's not. No, no, you didn't see um, Jimmy Kemsky's tweet? No. He said, um, I don't gift a frog, meaning that, <laughs> meaning that, um, you know, the other Eagles offensive player, or Jason Devon, like, Jason Devon didn't want a frog for Christmas, so, or no, Jason Devon did want a frog for Christmas, but Deshaun doesn't gift a frog, so he can't give him a frog. I think that's what was going on there. Oh, see, Jimmy K just kind of lightens the mood immediately. Thank you for that, Jimmy. Um, man, oh man, well, you know, I mean, final thoughts as we're going out here, guys, I'm not sure I can put another positive spin or try to on this one. Um, you know, keep your head up. I mean, it is one loss. You know, this team is still eight and six. Uh, that's pretty impressive when you consider that they were four and 12 last year and had no shot of anything. Uh, the Redskins are still bad. The Giants are still bad. Uh, you know, the Cowboys, whether they beat the Packers or not, don't scare me at all. Um, this team will rebound. I th- I believe in Chip Kelly. I believe in the Eagles. I believe in Nick Foles. And uh, I believe in Billy Davis. And I, I think he's got a lot to prove after this game. And, um, you know, everybody's got to – they'll write the ship. When you step out of it, you step out of the season. And, you know, I, don't, I know we don't all want to do that right now because we're so focused into the season. But when you step out of the season, and that's something I've tried to do the past couple weeks here, and you look at this five-game winning streak and you just look at overall the season and some of the positives you can take away – and you can't tell me this Eagles team in the long run is trending upwards, especially where they were last year at rock bottom. So, I mean, you do have to think of that and say, hey, you know, this thing still is going in the right direction. And this one loss to the Vikings does not change that at all. And then even in the small focus in the, in the season, back moving back into the season's focus, again, like Mike just said, I mean, it's not over. I mean, today was a really bad loss and the Eagles have to own that and they have to give some credit to the Vikings who played well. But it's not over, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the final stretch down here. You know what? Before we go, I actually forgot to say this. I need to say a big congratulations to my homeboy to the right. My man's getting married. Please, ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. He is going to be married. I don't know when, but he's going to, he's going to be an honest man, Mr. Mike K. Congratulations, buddy. Thanks. I, I really appreciate it, uh, Ariel. Porgus and I got engaged uh, in Florida today. Uh, well, Friday. Uh, it's been a really great weekend, and you know I appreciate my friends here, and I appreciate all the love that I've been getting on Twitter. So uh, sweet. We dedicate this episode to her. I know how morose this episode was, but um, uh, way to start our new lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing more to add. To that just want to say apologize to Mike Freeman. Uh, we uh, ran out of time. So with that, I thank you very much for listening to BGN Radio episode number 15, and hopefully there will be some more positivity on Football Friday. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the other side, guys. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. 